You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Open your Bibles with me this evening to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 33 is where we will find our place tonight. And it has been good to be in the house of God. I'm so thankful for it. Thankful for the songs. I'm thankful for the people of God coming to his house tonight. And I'm thankful for the spirit we have. I noticed that it came on. If you, if, I don't know if you picked up on that, but it started out maybe just a little slow. And then all of a sudden it just came on. And you can see people smiling, starting to get happy a little bit. And it's okay to get happy in God's house. I mean, if ever there was a place to get happy, this is the place, right? I mean, they say Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. I've been to Disneyland many times with little kids, and believe me, it's not that happy. You know, when you have kids that are screaming and yelling and crying, I'm thinking, happiest place on earth. Happiest place on earth is church, right? You take your kids to the nursery, you walk away, and you're praising Jesus. It's an amazing thing. But I am thankful to be here tonight, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to preach on Pastor's birthday. And I, I know Pastor's heart. If Pastor truly had his wish tonight, he would be the one up here preaching to you. And I know that is true, but I do appreciate the opportunity. In Exodus chapter 33, I'd like us to look at one verse this evening. And we'll use this verse as sort of a springboard for what God has put on my heart. And I hope that will be a help and a blessing to you. It's hard to stand up and preach when everyone knows there's a fellowship after church. You know, I imagine that in your minds you're starting to think about the different desserts and things that are there. But if you would, please, try to take those thoughts, put them in the back of your mind for a few minutes, and allow God to speak to us tonight. I, th I believe he wants to. And I, I believe he will if we will let him. In Exodus 33, verse 15, Moses says this, And he said unto him, this is Moses speaking to God, If thy presence go not with me, Carry us not a pence. He said, God, if you're not going to be in this, if your presence isn't with me, God, don't send me forward. God, I don't want to go forward. God, I don't want to take another step. God, I don't want to do anything without your presence in my life. See, to understand why this is so significant in the life of Moses, you'd have to go back to the early in Exodus and read the account of God's deliverance of the children of Israel. You would find that there was a, a boy that was born by the name of Moses. He was born into, a, a, into Egypt at a time where the Pharaoh of Egypt had basically put a death sentence on every single male child that would be born. But through a series of mi miracles, Moses not only survives, but is raised in the house of Pharaoh. And he grows up to a point where he basically has to flee Egypt, and God finds him in the wilderness and calls him to him in a burning bush. In Exodus chapter 3, we'd find the account of God appearing to Moses in the burning bush. And he says, Moses, I have a purpose for you. Moses, I have a plan for you. Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Of course, we know the account of Moses and how he responds back to God and says, God, I can't do it. God, you don't understand who I am. God, God, I, I'm a nobody, I, 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 I stutter, God, I can't speak, God, I don't even know your name. 
And it's an amazing story that God says, don't worry about that. Just focus on me. I am that I am. And if you'll let me, I will do a work in you. And through the next few chapters, we see Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord, let my people go. We, of course, know Pharaoh says no. And God does an amazing series of miracles to the point where Pharaoh says, get out of here. I'm sick of you. I don't want to deal with you anymore. Take your belongings. Take your people. Take your families and go. And they flee Egypt. Only for the heart of Pharaoh to be changed and him to them to go after Moses and the children of Israel in the wilderness. And they're pinned up against the Red Sea. God does an amazing miracle. Parts the Red Sea. Kills Pharaoh's army. Delivers the nation of Israel again to go into the wilderness on their journey to the promised land. If you were to read through the chapters of chapter 15 and 18, you would find these supernatural provisions of God that God met the needs of the children of Israel over and over. They said, God, we have no water. God gave them water. They said, God, we have no food. And God provided manna. God literally met every single need of them. In chapter 19 and verse 30 through 33, we see God call Moses up to speak to him on the mount. There's a series of meetings where God says, Moses, get up here. And God shows his presence in a very real way to Moses. He gives them the Ten Commandments. He gives them the law. He says, Moses, you got to go back down on the mount because the people have done wickedly. Later then, he then calls him back up and says, Moses, come up hither. Come up alone. I want to speak to you. Where we find ourselves this evening in chapter 33, verse 15, Moses had assembled a tabernacle according to what God wanted. And in there, the presence of God fell on that place in a very real way. If you were to go back and read the chapter, you would find that basically people come out of their tents and they see the presence of God literally and physically descend on the tabernacle where Moses and Joshua are. And there at their tent door, they begin to worship God. Moses meets with God in a very special way. The Bible says that Moses met with God as a man meets with his friend face to face. He spoke to God. God spoke with him. God commanded him. And when he left the presence of God, he made this statement in a prayer. He said, God, if your presence isn't going with me, God, don't send me. God, if you're not going to be real in my life, if you're not going to be there to guide me, to direct me, to lead me, then Lord, don't send me. God, I'd rather not go than go without your presence. This thought has been on my heart this week so heavily because in a small way I feel maybe just a little bit like Moses. Pastor had asked in early August if I would preach on this date and I appreciate the fact that he gave me an extended period of time. I think he knows that any time I'm ever asked to preach was about once or twice a year. I, I take it so seriously and it literally just eats my lunch. It consumes my every thought. I can't function. I can't think. can't interact with people. I'm just so consumed with it because I don't ever want to approach this sacred desk lightly. What an honor it is to be able to stand up here and open God's word. And I, I knew what the events of this summer were going to be like. I knew that we would have teen camp. I knew there was going to be a busyness with staff orientation in the start of school. And so God gave me a message, I believe, that I had ready to go. It was prepared. It was on my heart. It was on my mind. And then teen camp happened. And God did something special in teen camp. 
God met with us in a very real way. I came back from teen camp and I, I looked at that message and I just, I couldn't give victory. God didn't give me a piece about preaching it. And Monday I struggled with it. And Tuesday I struggled with it. And Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And today I struggled with it. I still had that other message ready to go, but I just, I did not feel that God would allow me to preach that. Because I think if we would get this concept of what Moses is saying here, that God, I can't go forward. God, in this journey from you bringing me out of Egypt and going towards that promised land, God, I have to have your presence in my life. God, I can't do this without you. God, I need you. And for a few moments this evening, I, I hope that I can open my heart to you and show you what God has put on my heart. You say, well, teen camp's over. Yes, teen camp is over. But what God has started at teen camp and what we saw at teen camp, what we witnessed, what we felt, what we saw, I believe, is not just for our youth, it's for our church and our family and for every single one of us tonight. I'd like to open in a word of prayer, and as I do, I would ask that you would sit there tonight and just pray this, God, speak to me. God, take every other thought out of my mind. Don't let me get, be consumed with anything but what you would have to tell me tonight. God, speak to me. Our Heavenly Father, God, I pray now that you would use me. God, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross. Lord, what you did in our lives, Lord, at teen camp was so real. God, I don't want to go a day without it. Lord, I don't ever want to lose focus of it. God, I believe it's what we need in this very hour today. And God, I pray that you would use me, please, in a mighty way to speak to the people of God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. What a tremendous opportunity it was for my wife and I to lead teen camp. We love our teenagers. We love being involved with them. We love having a, a small part in their life. They're an amazing kids, and it's truly a joy. When we were asked to do it, we gladly said yes. We began planning, preparing, working. We literally had everything, every single hour of every single day planned out. We brought with us an amazing group of people, men and women who sacrificed their time and said, I will go to camp. I will have a part. Just, just let me be involved. We went there in really just a tremendous time in the beautiful redwoods there in the camp. And we, we left Monday morning. We said, look, leave all your devices at home. Don't bring your cell phone. Don't bring your MP3 player. Don't bring anything. Just come with, you know, the basic essentials, your Bible and some deodorant, right? Have those two things and we're good. And we left Monday morning and we went up to camp. And what an amazing time. We met together. We divided up the teams. We said, here are your cabin assignments. We came back together and we started team competitions and had lunch. And just a fun-filled time together as a youth group. We went to the service Monday night and it was a great service. The singing was good. Brother Cooper preached a tremendous message. There was a good spirit there. Had some fun games. It was just a good time together. We went back to our cabins that night, and Tuesday morning we did the same thing, all planned out, all scheduled. We had everything down to, to a science, and really just another great day. Pastor preached that Tuesday morning, and great preaching, good service, good singing, good spirit. That same thing Tuesday night. Every, there was nothing negative about camp. It, 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 for those who were there, it was all good. It was a good time together. And then Tuesday night came, and again, a tremendous preaching service, and an amazing time that Wednesday morning, Brother Luke Flood preached, and preached an amazing message about hitting the snooze button on God. And I, I know many of the decisions that were made were made as a result of that message that Brother Flood preached. 
And we came to Wednesday night and we said, let's, let's change it up a little bit. We're going to do some things differently. We had already planned on, instead of meeting in the auditorium, we were going to go outside. They had a beautiful amphitheater there. And we were going to meet outside. We got the sound system all set up. And right before the service, Brother Cooper and I and Brother Martinez, we just felt led at that time to take the schedule and just throw it out the window. No plan, no agenda, no itinerary, no timeline. We said, God, take control of the service. God, have your will tonight in the service. God, don't let us get in your way. God, don't let us mess this thing up. God, however you lead tonight, let's just go with it. And God, we'll, we'll give you the praise and the glory. Brother Martinez started singing songs. And almost immediately, you could just sense there was a spirit that was different in that place. The songs that were being sung, it, it was evident they were just coming from the heart. They weren't just singing for the sake of singing. It, it wasn't about how beautiful can we sound. They were singing from the heart. And you could sense that there was a presence in that place, and they sang a song or two or three or four. And next thing you know, they start singing songs about the goodness of God, how good God is. Kind of like when the Moyers stood up here tonight and this place got a little happy. Why? You can't ever get too happy about how good God is. You, you can't ever get too excited about what God has done in your life. I, I love to sing about God's been good and I have been blessed. Why? I, I don't ever want to come to a point in my life where I fail to realize, God, you've been so good to me. God, I don't deserve it. God, I'm unworthy. But God, you're so good. And if we could just lift them up from time to time, it's okay to get a little happy. Hey, stand up. Take a lap around the auditorium. I'll slap you a high five as you go by. There's nothing wrong with that. We don't have to be too formal and too polished. If God gets in this thing, let's go with it. And God got in that service. And we began singing. And Brother Cooper said, let's have a few testimonies. We have a few young men who are here with us tonight. And they are former campers. They're now in Bible college. They're training to serve God. But Brother John, why don't you come up here? Brother Josh, why don't you come up here? Brother AJ, why don't you come up here and give a testimony? And they began to tell what God did in their life at teen camp. They began to tell that, you know, I was once a teenager here, and I came to a point where I realized I didn't know Jesus Christ, and brother so-and-so led me to the Lord, and brother Evan came and, and led me to the Lord, I believe John said, and AJ began talking about how good God was. And it was about that time. It was about that time that the presence of God, you could almost see it as a cloud just coming down, began to come into that place. And I, I'm not trying to be, to, to create something that wasn't there. It, it was a very real thing. The presence of God descended on our camp that evening. Almost immediately, the spirit of that place changed. Tears began to flow down the eyes of our teenagers. I don't remember who started it. I don't remember who the first one was, but someone went forward and knelt at the altar and began to pray. They began to pour out their heart and say, God, here's where I'm at. Pretty soon there was a group over here and another group over there. Next thing you know, people were crying and hugging and embracing. I remember standing at the side and just kind of watching it all unfold. And I, and I can remember just praising God. Thank you, God. We don't deserve this. God, we didn't do anything to earn this. We didn't go through a, a secret uh, a magic potion. If we do these items and check off these boxes and God's presence would show up. No, it was all because of his goodness. But he showed up. 
And he showed up in a very real way, and he met with us. And next thing you know, I, I, AJ and I began to pray. And the tears began to flow as we talked about how good God was. That God, why in the world would you ever allow us to be a part of something like this? God, you know who we are. You know what we've done. You know we're just a sinner saved by grace. But God, thank you for your goodness in our life. Thank you for letting us be a part of this. Thank you for using us. And I can remember someone coming up and tapping me on the shoulder. It was Ben Simpson, and he said, Brother Fenera, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I'm saved. I had the opportunity to kneel with him there and go through the plan of salvation. He trusted Jesus Christ as his Savior. About that time, I got up. His older brother, Aiden, was standing there, and he said, Brother Fenera, I don't know if I'm saved. And I got to lead him to the Lord, and I got up with tears in my eyes, and my wife and my daughter were over there. And my wife said, Reagan just got saved. She just got saved. She just trusted Jesus Christ as her Savior. And that night, God worked in a special way. The invitation went on, and the presence of God just consumed that place and filled that place. People who were angry with each other began to pray and hug and confess. People got right with God. God met with us on that mountaintop. He did an amazing work. Just like in the story of Moses, God sent manna down from heaven. God sent manna our way by the way of s'mores. They were amazing. But in the midst of that s'more, the fire, the spirit, the unity, pretty soon someone, I don't know who, someone sat down on the piano and just started to play. Next thing you know, everyone there began to circle around that piano and just sing songs of praise. Began to lift the name of God up through song. Different choruses, different hymns. What turned in from five minutes to ten minutes to twenty minutes to 30 minutes, to 45 minutes, to an hour and a half. No one wanted to leave. No one said, well, this is dumb. It wasn't led by any of the counselors that were there. It was just the realness of God working in our hearts and in our lives, causing us to want to sing praises to him because he's so good, because he's so worthy. The spirit of camp was, was so amazing. That Thursday, we had an amazing service in the morning, and then that night, Again, amazing service outdoors. We decided last minute, hey, it was good last night. Let's just, let's keep it going. Let's have it outside again. Let's let God have his way. Brother Cooper preached a tremendous message about standing in the gap and raising up the hedge. And, and, and God worked in it. And after the service was over, we said, I wonder if anyone wants to give a testimony. And through that time of testimonies, typically it's hard to get teenagers to, to speak in front of their, their peers about what God was doing. But it was so real. One of the young ladies stood up and said, you know, I'm a senior. And typically seniors, it's all about them. But I want to dedicate my life to serving others this year. I, I, I want to serve others with my life. One of the other young ladies stood up and said, you know what? I was thinking about quitting on my Christian life. I, I thought, I, I'm tired of this. Maybe the world has something better for me. But God got in the service last night, and the presence of God showed up and did something very real. And I want to live my life for Christ. Someone stood up and said, I got saved. And someone else, I got saved. And 14 people total got saved in our youth group. 12 said, I surrender my life to serve God with my life. Whatever he has for me, I surrender. It was such an amazing time. And I, I, I know it's hard for me to convey it to you. 
I guess you would have had to have been there to see how God's presence worked in such a mighty way. We had an amazing day Thursday. We packed up Friday and we left. And if I could be honest with you, I didn't want to leave. I, I, I wish we had the funds and the availability. I wanted to call Pastor up and say, hey, Pastor, it, it's just too good. Let's go another week. Let, let's get all the college kids. Let's get them up here. Let's get our families up here. And let's let God just meet with us another week. And, but unfortunately, we couldn't do that, and we packed up and left. I drove a U-Haul back down with all of the different items. It was of a 26-foot U-Haul. And there in that U-Haul, coming down from the mountain, after being in the presence of God, I began to just shout. I began to sing. I'm not going to lie. It sounded amazing. You all wish you could have been there to hear it. It was, it was on. The only thing that could have made it better is if the spirit of Brother Martinez joined in with me. But other than that, it was right on point. And I just had myself a time praising God and thanking him for it. Saying, God, you're so good. God, thank you. You didn't have to do this, God, but you did. You came down and you met with us. God, thank you for the souls that were saved. Thank you for the lives that were dedicated to you. God, thank you. And I began to cry. I began to praise God. And I began to shout, and I began to sing, and I went in full circle time and time again. About the time I made it down the mountain, my cell phone started to go off, and connection caught up with me, and all of a sudden the text message, and I'm not going to lie, it discouraged me so much, I wanted to take that cell phone and just chuck it out the window. <laughs> Stinking people, leave me alone, I'm having a time with God. I came to church on Sunday, and if I could be completely honest with you, I wanted what happened at camp so much to roll over and to translate to church on Sunday. Brother Cooper and I, we talked about this. I, I wanted what we experienced, that real presence of God, to come down and descend on this place and be just as real. I, I wanted the altars to be filled with people weeping and crying and praising God. And if I could be honest with you, and please, don't, I, I hope you understand my heart when I say this, I was frustrated when I came to the end of the day, I was frustrated because I wanted so badly what God had done at camp to happen right here in our church service. I wanted you to see what we saw and experience what we experienced. Not that it was emotion, not that it was a show. It was the real presence of God meeting with us, working with us, changing us. And Monday, it, it, it was on my heart and I couldn't get it off my heart. Tuesday the same, and as I thought about it, I believe the Spirit of God spoke to me and maybe reminded me that it's not that we weren't there at camp to experience it, because the reality is that the presence of God isn't limited to a location. The presence of God isn't limited to an auditorium. It's not limited to an event like teen camp or youth conference or a teen revival. It's not limited to a group of people like teenagers it's not limited to a specific time frame, 8.45 or 9 o'clock to noon on Sunday and 6 to 8 Sunday evening. The presence of God has no limits. It is available to every single believer, and it is there at all times if we would just long for it. If we would yearn for it, if there would be a burning desire, God, send me your presence. God, I need your presence in my life. God, I can't do it today. And the Spirit of God smote me. And it's been on my heart that I can't get it off my heart. And so tonight, 
for the next few moments as Moses said, God, if your presence go not with me, Lord, don't send us. God, I don't want to go forward without your presence. See, the presence of God can be experienced by every single believer in this room every single day. The Bible tells us that at salvation, the Holy Spirit comes and indwells us. Lives inside of each and every one. The presence of God is in you tonight. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Why? Because when you get saved, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, comes in to stay. He's never leaving you. He's not going anywhere. He's always there with you. The Bible says in John 15, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth, much, bringeth forth much fruit. Here it is. For without me, ye can do nothing. I believe tonight that God desires his presence to be real in our life. I think sometimes as Christians, we just miss it. I think sometimes as Christians, we fail to have the presence of God in our life. I wonder if we have just grown content to live powerless as Christians. To go day to day to day without the presence of God, and unfortunately, it just is the way it is. I wonder if we've become content to get ready on a Sunday morning and go to God's house and bring our Bible and get dressed up, to sit in a pew, to, okay, the singing, sometimes it's good, sometimes not so good. All right, that's some good thoughts from the Bible. All right, let's pack up and go home. It's lunchtime. We never say that out loud, but I wonder if that's how we treat church, that we come and leave without the presence of God in our life. I wonder if sometimes we just miss it. I wonder if sometimes we're just blind to it. We don't see it. We don't feel it. We don't hear it. We just miss it in our lives. As Moses said, God, I don't want to go forward without your presence in my life. And can I say, coming from camp, seeing what God can do, I don't want to go a day without God's presence in my life. I, I, I don't want it to come to church and it just be another day in God's house. I, I want God's presence to be so real in my life that I feel Him, that I, that I can hear Him, that He speaks to me. And can I say, North Valley Baptist Church, I want that for you too. I believe had you been there, had you seen what God did, you would say, I, I don't want to go forward without his presence in my life. God, I need you today. God wants to meet with us, but I wonder if we can't fit him into our schedule. I wonder if God's desire is to come down and to spend time with us, but God, we're too busy. God, I have a lot going on. God, my days are packed. My schedule is packed. God, I'm sorry, but I just don't have time. I wonder if God wants to speak to us, but the noise of this world drowns out the voice of God. You know, one of the things I loved about camp is the fact that there's no cell reception up there. There's no TVs. There's no social media. There's no news. There's nothing. It is total silence. But in that silence is when God speaks. It's when the noise of this world is turned down and muted that then and only then we can hear the voice of God in our lives. God wants to meet with us, but we can't fit him into our schedule. Would to God today that we would say, God, 
But your presence doesn't go with me. God, I don't want to go. God, today, this morning, as I wake up, God, I need your presence. God, I can't get through today without your presence. God, if your presence isn't with me, God, I don't want to go. I need your presence. I wonder, do we have a desire for the presence of God in our life? Psalm 27, 8, the Bible says, When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Jeremiah 29, 13, And ye shall seek me and find me. And when shall ye search for me with all your heart? Jeremiah 33, 3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Psalm 145, 8, The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. James 4, 8, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. I wonder this evening, do we have a desire for the presence of God? Do we call out to God, God, I need, your, I need you today. You know, it was an amazing thing as, at camp as, I, as we would wrap up each day and send everyone back to their cabins. We had what was called lights out. That was mainly for the counselors so they could get a few minutes of sleep before the next day. And we, I would walk around and make sure all, everyone was there and they were in their cabin, lights were out. Usually this was around 1130. And as I would go cabin by cabin, I would often hear in their cabin a counselor leading young people in prayer. God, we seek your presence. God, we need your presence. God, meet with us in a special way. God, do a work in our hearts. As I walked by the ladies' cabins to make sure that their lights were out and they were bad, I could hear through the door counselors and young people praying, God, we need you. God, would you speak to us? God, would you meet with us? The last stop, I would always stop by the auditorium, usually about 12.30 or 1, and almost every single night, as I would walk into that auditorium, I would find usually a male counselor on his face before God, begging, pleading, God, we need you. God, you have to meet with us. God, you have to do something with us. Why? I believe there was a desire for the presence of God. Even Wednesday night as we started our service, what I didn't know is that pastor had led our church in prayer. And here in this auditorium, about the time we were starting our service, you were on your faces before God, begging God for the presence. You know, I wonder if that night God looked down from heaven and said, you know what, tonight I will come down and meet with them. Because tonight there's enough desire there's enough people who are calling unto me, and I'm going to come down, and I'm going to meet with them in a special way. I wonder what would happen if each and every day we would fall on our face before God and say, God, I need your presence. God, I can't do it today without you. God, I have to have you in my life. I wonder if we fail to have the presence of God because he can never just get us alone. I wonder if we fail to have that time with God. Where God can meet with us face to face and talk to us and say, hey, here's what you need to work on. Here's what I can do to help you in your life. You need me. God called Moses up alone time and time and time again. He said, Moses, come up here. I wonder why we don't see the presence of God in our life because we fail to meet with God alone. Perhaps we miss the voice of God in our life because of the noise of life. I wonder if we listen too much to social media to Fox News, to politics, to whatever it may be, and the voice of all of the noise of everything going on drowns out the voice of God. I wonder if we would turn that off 
I wonder what would happen in our homes this week if for the next six days we said, you know what, I'm just going to mute it. For the next six days, I'm going to turn it off. We're going to go without TV. We're going to go without social media. We're going to go without any distraction so we can hear the voice of God. We're going to beg. We're going to plead. We're going to ask God to meet with us. I wonder what church would be like on Sunday. I wonder how real God's presence would be if we could turn off the noise of this world and listen only to him. Do we have a desire or have we just grown content where, you know, it is what it is. It's not going to change. It just is what it is. Can you imagine what soul winning would be like each week? The Bible says that when Moses got alone with God, when he came down off that mount, that his face shone. There was a shine about him. There was something that when the people saw the face, they couldn't even look at Moses. Why? Because he was shining so bright from the glory and the presence of God. I wonder what would happen this week if we'd get in his presence. I wonder what would happen if each and every day we would fall on our face and say, God, I need you. And if God would come down and meet with us. And if we could spend that time with God every day, I wonder what our witness would be like. I wonder if those who work a secular job as you went out this week to your place of employment, I wonder if people say, man, what's different about him? There's something different about that person. They have a glow about them. I wonder how many people would come to know Jesus Christ as Savior because the testimony, because the glow of the presence of God in their life. How about it, Christian? Do you desire the presence of God in your life? I've seen it. I felt it. It was real. It wasn't just an emotion. Was there emotion? Absolutely. But that wasn't the cause of it. When God meets with you, how do you not get emotional? When God comes down and speaks to you, how do you not shout? How do you not praise? How do you not get excited about it? When you hear a song about the goodness of God, how do you sit there and not crack a smile on your face? How do you do that? I think if we had the presence of God in our life, it wouldn't be an issue. I don't want to live my life without the presence of God. 30 years from now, I don't want to look back and talk about, remember what God did in 2022 at that one camp? I want it to be real each and every day I live. I, I don't want to be a father and a husband without the presence of God. I, I can't be a school principal without the presence of God. I can't be the right kind of staff member, the right kind of Christian without the presence of God. I want his presence to be real in my life. I've thought about this many times. I wonder what would have happened at camp if the presence of God never came down. I wonder if those 14 young people who trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, I wonder would they have gotten saved had the presence of God not met with us? Those young people who surrendered their life to Jesus Christ and said, God, I'll serve you. Would that have happened without the presence of God? The young people who said, there are things in my life that shouldn't be there. I'm going to give up dress. I'm going to give up that. I'm going to give up things. I wonder if that would have happened without the presence of God in their life. I've thought about this. Bus captains, Sunday school teachers. I wonder whose life won't be impacted because of a lack 
of the presence of God in your life. Parents, I wonder what change won't occur in your child's hearts because of a lack of the presence of God. Soul winner, I wonder who won't get saved while you go out door knocking because you lack the presence of God. Layman, whose salvation at your place of work may not happen because you don't have the presence of God in your life. As Moses declared to God, God, if your presence go not with me, God, I don't want to go. I know that's the desire of my heart tonight. God put that on my heart. I just couldn't shake it. I wanted to preach something else. I wanted to tell some funny stories. I wanted to maybe have you laugh a little bit, and that's not what God had. I wonder what would happen in our church if we would just get so consumed with having the presence of God that it literally would be on our every thought, that we would wake up in the morning and our first thought was, God, I need your presence today. We'd pillow our head at night and say, God, I need your presence. I wonder if we could turn this world upside down for the cause of Christ with his presence in our hearts and in our lives. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve him this week.